Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Edgeguard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. Uh, my name is Jordan. Uh, apologies if I'm sniffly at all. I'm getting over a cold, but uh, the podcast must go on. Um, with me, probably without a cold, is my co-host, Blake. I'm, I'm cold-free. Certified. USDA certified cold-free. Mm, that'll be me tomorrow, or the day after, probably. I, USDA I, certified. I so. You're not. I don't think you were like. You're like, a cut of meat. Well, I don't think. I don't think they certify colds. Generally, you don't know that. You don't know mm, that. I, I think I'm right. No. Yeah. Well, no. What I'm saying is, you don't know whether or not I am a cut of meat. Oh, that's true. I can't see you right now. Uh, you're on the other side of the country, so you could be. I could be talking to a ribeye right now, and I would have no idea. Well, you aren't. You're talking to a human man. It was all a ruse. Uh, well, well, that's good because I don't want to do a, a episode of the podcast with an inanimate slab of edible meat. Uh, but that is about sur- as surreal as it would need to be for uh, the game we played this week, which mm. is a game called Off Peak. Um, uh, if you've been following like gaming news recently, you may have heard. Uh, of the other game by this um, uh, this developer that just came out called the Norwood Suite. Um, this is the original game that uh, made that creator kind of known to indie gaming circles. Cosmo D is his name, uh, and th- that's the game we played. You, uh, it's a game like an in- exploration game, I guess, uh, where you walking. Walk through- Walking simulator. simulator, I think, would be the technical term. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if we want to um, be reductive uh, about it, which we do. Yeah, we always reduce. No, no. Oh, yes. We, we, we always expand. reduce, it, but, then, but we make sure to talk about how we're re- being reductive. <laughs> Reflexively reductive. Mm-hmm. We, we know we're being reductive. We're self-aware um, about it, so it's okay. <laughs> um. Off Peak is a game where you walk through this like huge train station that is filled with uh, strange characters, and you're trying to reassemble a ticket uh, in order to get on a train. Is the short version that is mm. that does not do any justice to the strangeness and i don't know also just like kind of like vibrancy of this yes. train station world it just really has a a kind of atmosphere and tone that makes mm-hmm. it feel like a a coherent it's, space even though it's a totally like unrealistic surreal yeah, space it still feels like a, it feels like coherent like like these people fit here even yeah. though these people are cartoonishly disproportionate in their mm-hmm. in their shape proportions like and yeah everything <laughs> there's literal giants there's people with big hands or little hands mm-hmm. yeah there's just strangely diminutive people <laughs> that's true it's like a really short <laughs> and you guy. can't you can't always tell that they're diminutive until you get up uh-uh. close to them yeah and you're just like oh man this guy's like this guy's really small tall. or this guy's yeah. way taller than me yeah uh, before we get into it too much, you mentioned Cosmo D, but you didn't mention Archipelago. Oh, yes, uh, that's right. Which is the group or person that did the music. I think it's a band. I pulled up here. I should look. I pulled well, up the I OST. have the Steam thing up right now, and it says uh, Archipelago is the band, and Cosmo mm-hmm. D is the cellist of the band, actually. So oh. he is involved in the... I'm also... A, Hmm, I don't actually know the gender of this person. Uh, Cosmo I, I, I thought I I thought I read he in an article about it, but I might be misremembering that. So, sure, um, sure. Um, um, but but yeah, the the soundtrack for this game, uh, as they say, slaps. Uh, it's great. <laughs> there's a, there's Who a says part that? at the beginning. Is that's just you or or people? No, say that's that? a that's a it's it is said. Uh, on the on the, it is you know, said <laughs> it is said by people human people um, not slabs of meat may, maybe slabs of meat I don't know but it doesn't matter people most importantly uh, on the hierarchy of importance slabs of meat below people sorry <laughs> uh, but but anyway um, 
there's like really early in the game there's like a character playing a slide guitar uh i guess it's like a lap steel it's a it's a kind of steel guitar um and i believe a character calls it a lap steel at one point yeah they call it a lap steel um but anyway i like heard that and i was like okay okay and then you get to the first area and then there's like a little electronic beat with just like a saxophone just like riffing over top and i just mm-hmm. wrote in my note mm-hmm. slide guitars plus saxophone equals that good shit <laughs> that um, good shit the yeah, music is great in this game it is really good it's it's very good and it's very fitting of the i mean we talked about how like surreal this game is or just kind of strange and uh i feel like the music really cements that because there's a lot of it if you so i actually went and found the soundtrack is on spotify if you want to stream it like a chump but if you want to support the artists and pay with your money uh you can buy it on Bandcamp for seven dollars and i recommend well you with do spotify that. they get like five cents right <laughs> no they get fractions of a penny oh i knew yeah, it was bad but uh, spotify streams are especially if they don't have like a label then it's mm, that's even horrible. worse yeah, yeah no, I knew I, I knew it was uh, effectively nothing. They they it's, say something like bad. per million streams, the artist might get like five grand. That's like a per figure million. That I've heard. Yeah, that's like a figure that I've heard thrown around. I don't know how accurate that is, but anyway, if you like it, go buy it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's in many at many points. I felt like the music was like the glue that sort of held the the. It's it's kind of like a collection of disparate elements and like ideas that are kind of like they're all sort of glued together by being like surreal and strange but it works more than i thought it would like i think sometimes games like this like can kind of tend to feel yeah sort of random yeah yeah, this this one is emphatically not We've been lucky enough that most of the games that we've described as surreal have not uh, felt like cheap in their uh, surrealism, which is, I mean, definitely a thing, especially when you're just like uh, swimming through the depths of like itch and steam. Oh, yeah. A lot of times games that are like intentionally surreal is just like, what is the weirdest shit I can find in the pre-made assets of <laughs> Unity and put it together and that's your game. But yeah. like this and Paul Mystery are the, both the kind of surreal games that we've played recently that I both both of them felt like they uh, they they were being surreal in good faith, if that yeah. makes sense. Like they want they want to create a specific effect for you. Um, and even in this case, like even like evoke a, like a world, um, mm-hmm. even if that world is not, you know, doesn't feel not- like something that. Uh, one would ever actually encounter yeah yeah it's uh i don't know it's it's hard to describe i guess the the feeling that i had is i i felt like i was inside someone's brain because there's oh, like yeah yeah there's just huh. like a lot of different things in there that seem unrelated but they're all kind of tied together by like basically i felt like i was inside brain, cosmo huh? d's brain like here's art that I like, here's music that I like, here's uh, a philosophical musing that I had. Here's uh, board games I like. Yeah, here's exactly, here's board games. It just seems like here's a lot of things that I like in a big room that looks cool and there's some music that's really cool. I'm just ripping on the cello and uh, <laughs> I don't know. It That's what it felt like to me. It felt like someone letting me walk around inside their brain. Kind of like Psychonaut. You ever play Psychonauts? No, actually. No. So in, in Psychonauts, like all the levels, basically the idea is that uh, a Psychonaut is a, a, a person who uses some machine to like oh, go get through put into someone's Psycho-not. dreams. Psychonaut, I get it. Yeah, yeah. You get put into someone's dreams uh, and so you like help them deal with whatever, you know, mental illness they're having by like diving into their brain and like oh. seeing what world it is. So each, each character's so it's brain like is Inception, like represented by these yeah Ooh, roasted um, <laughs> no I, I i mean yes that but also i meant good in the sense of what they do in Incep- they're like stealing your thoughts and Inception. oh in this one it's mean. like they're offering you a service right yeah yeah like good um, for the client yeah sure um <laughs> but basically each each level in psychonauts is sort of like the inside of someone's brain and like their psyche so there's like a 
Napoleon type character. He's like Napoleon Bonaparte. So his the inside of his game is like a board game with like military pieces and you're like moving around in this board game huh. world. So this sort of feels like a uh a psychonauts level of I assume Cosmo D's psyche just hopping in there and here's this <coughs> cool electronic jazzy music and uh some like cool art and I don't know, interesting, strange people. And there, there is actually a surprising amount of like, I guess not quite narrative, but actual like, well, like character backstory. Lore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so this, um, you, when you, you, so you're walking around, you can talk to some people, but talk means just like click through things they say to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, then other, other people talk to each other and you can yeah, stand by and you just kind of stand around and watch. So as you're sort of wandering around, a lot of characters refer to someone called Marcus uh, and you kind of come to find out that Marcus is the person who's running this train station, which, Oh, did we already say it was, it takes place in like a train station? Yeah. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. And you're trying to get a ticket to get out. It's, it's implied that, uh, that there's train like transit is now like kind of a commodity, more of a commodity than it is now. Like a train ticket is very expensive and yeah, it's sort yeah. of moving around, you, I sort of got the feeling that there's like kind of two classes of people. There's kind of like people that can afford to do the train every day, and then people that can barely afford to do the train once. Or yeah, and then it's not totally clear how the giants fit into that yeah. hierarchy because the there's also <laughs> yeah the there's like the circus that like mm-hmm. is like the only like thing bringing in money to the city. So the city yeah. like, like bends over backwards to support yeah. the circus. Uh, and, and then the circus, uh, is made up of giants, but the giants mm-hmm. are kind of not, they're like treated well, like they get free drinks mm-hmm. in the bar, but then it's also implied that the circus really abuses the giants also. Yeah. So it's not clear. They're like, they're like both this underclass of performers, but also when they're not performing, they get treated like, like specially or something like that. So yeah, that's, it's, that's a weird thing going on. Yeah. It's kind of, I kind of came to the same conclusion you did that the giants are sort of like performers. I mean, on, I think it was kind of a, a sort of comment on maybe like bands, musicians. Uh, we love like we as Americans, I guess, or maybe this isn't even an American game, but sort of people, uh, really enjoy Consumers. music and artists, but, uh, we don't necessarily, uh, support artists as much as they maybe deserve it based on how much we like the things they make. Like, I don't hmm. know. It's, it, it kind of seems to me like the, that's the what gi- the, the yeah, giants like, are. That's kind of felt like the role the giants were playing for me is like, Hey, like me and my friends are in a band and people are like, Hey, you guys are great, but still they don't like buy our records. They just like mm, say we're okay. great or whatever, you know? So it's like, kind of like, so like the, or, or they just stream it on Spotify and only give them fractions of a penny and not pay for the music, you know, even if they're going to listen to it, even if you're just going to listen to it on Spotify, people buy, buy your music, go, buy you if you like an album, go buy it. If and you then take one thing from this podcast, support yeah, if, artists. If just one thing, support artists, give your pay money to the creators, art. not the corporations, man. Yeah, man. The corporations. Although, but also when you live in capitalism, you have to, so don't, don't, beat yourself up over it too much but do what you can <laughs> just reduce do, your shit do what you can man yeah uh anyway i don't want to <laughs> include too much of our own agendas into this game but, <laughs> that's um, fair that's fair but yeah i definitely think there's definitely this game is deal is kind of like trying to talk about like kind of class and uh and that sort of thing um yeah that definitely seems right and there's also just like kind of also uh an underlying theme or like background interest in like i don't know economics more generally like everyone's Mm. talking about how like things are bad now and like Mm. all these artists who've had to sell their stuff like that if you go to the record shop she's like all these records are from people who had to sell their records because things are bad these days and luke we didn't you find out that the name of the guy who tells you look for the tickets Mm -hmm. his name is luke with three u's uh, it's always it's spelled only with three. Threes. I thought it was like five. Maybe four. I think it's oh, three. Okay. I think it's three. But so Luke uh, <laughs> said that he like times are hard right now. Mm-hmm. Whatever 
it's yeah. never said why they're hard, but you know, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. they're especially hard right now. And then this is this like train station that you go through seems like it's just kind of a, uh, I don't know, crossroads place mm-hmm. for all these people who mm-hmm. either literally or figuratively are like listless or drifting or yeah. like between things mm-hmm. um usually yeah, I mean, art artsy types <clears throat> yeah i mean it's it's sort of explicitly stated that uh luke uh every day he buys a ticket saying like oh i'm gonna get out of here because this yeah, stupid yeah. station is like hell but then he always ends up giving it to someone else uh yep. today that character being you which it seems yep. like based on the way certain people react to you, this is some, this is like a pattern. Like you show up at the train station and Luke is like, Hey man, I'll give you a ticket. Cause uh, there are a few people like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, it just seems like there's sort of like two classes of people. There's sort of like the artistic people who are poor or they're either poor. And so they're trying to get out of the, uh, of the station or they work there also probably because they are poor. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, yeah. Because you also the ramen dude, yes, Yvonne, that's what just Ivan, what I was about Yvonne, to He says that he used to be a, a violist. Yeah, and he had to sell the viola, and now he now his art is ramen making. And yeah, he talks and about his, how when he makes a bowl of ramen, it's like a symphony. Yeah, uh, his his like musings about the musicality of ramen, uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed. The, <laughs> was that, like, that was nice. The I yeah, really liked. I, I, did strand, you, I go ahead. How how sincere did you read uh, his? I, I read it as like like pained sincerity. Oh yeah. Like like oh, he yeah. he really does want to. Like like it's a little ridiculous how far he takes the comparison yeah. between ramen and mm. and viola, but mm. it's also touching at the same time. Like it's like you, you there's this guy who really wants to like totally throw himself into his work mm. and like treat it as an art form, and mm. he does get some pleasure out of ramen mm. but you know that it's viola that he wants to be doing it's like oh, yeah fuck man. yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's that's like the first person i talked to and at first it, it almost oh, yeah. seemed like a little heavy-handed or just like flowery <laughs> but that's another thing where it sort of felt like like i'm gonna just reiterate it felt like being in someone's head because it felt like one of those thoughts that you have that like you think it and you're like oh wow that's like a really cool like thought and like a i don't know I don't want to say deep, but sort of like a meaningful thought that I had, but then you don't say it because you know, if you say it, it'll sound kind of dumb, but (laughs) there's such a like sincerity to it that I think the game sells it. And I think there's like a lot of moments like that of just like weird little things. Like I, I, um, so that was the first guy I talked to and he's talking about noodles and he says uh, about noodles in ramen, each strand emits a textual unified sonority, which is like (laughs) kind of a, kind of a crazy thing to say but like in within the context of the game i was like yeah man yeah <laughs> ramen is like j- bio digital jazz man you know oh but, no <laughs> no but i but I, I'm, I'm i'm joking but i don't mean to poke fun i mean i really like the sincerity of it uh totally worked for me uh and i i think it I don't know. It's sometimes I think games like that, like you think like a Jonathan blow game that'll try and like insert some, uh, philosophy into it. And it just, just comes off heavy handed uh, and just like, I, I will never forgive Jonathan blow for the videos in the witness. I <laughs> <laughs> even more than the sound puzzle, which we've talked about before oh having strong God. negative feelings about I, the videos just kill me. I, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. And I feel like this game totally avoids the like groan worthiness of of the sort of jonathan blow approach to introducing some uh sort of mildly philosophical ideas into your uh otherwise non-philosophical game Uh, although this game i I would articulate the difference for Mm -hmm. me i don't know this isn't gonna be super specific but Mm -hmm. just that like in the jonathan blow ones even though the the videos are like secret Mm-hmm. It's clear that he wants you to watch them. He's oh, like, yeah. I want you to see this. Yeah, and like, f- and these these ones feel a little bit more invitational. Like, yeah, like sure. it's like 
if you're interested in this character, listen to mm. you can listen to them. You can have a little moment with them, but mm-hmm. it it does not feel like the game is trying to like yeah like ram it down your throat in a way that I sometimes feel. Yeah, I feel definitely the, think you're onto something there. Feel the uh, some of the like hashtag deep parts of um of like John Blow's sure. games are sure. Yeah, uh. I definitely agree with that. I think I don't know. I I didn't run no howls to describe this. Uh, so I, I ended up writing something about how this game is like very good at articulating. I put quote unquote like soulful like feelings and ideas. It's just soulful, like yeah, yeah, something that you like. You put your whole like your your heart is really in it. Like, and even though it can kind of sound pretentious or silly when you say it out loud, there's like a sincerity to it that makes you that makes me as the player buy it. Uh, Mm. Uh, so I think the ramen is a really good example of that. And then there's also the lady who talks about, uh, who's like down in the bottom of the subway and she has cookies. Oh yeah. And she like talks about how she tries to, uh, bake the sunrise into a cookie. She says it, she doesn't use those exact words, but she like talks about how she never gets to see the sun because she's always going straight down into the, into the basement to try and sell cookies to make a living. So she only gets to see the sunrise on her trip in and, uh, she's like, I, I, the feeling I get from seeing a sunrise, I want that feeling to happen when you eat a cookie. And there's, I don't know, there's just something about that, that like in, in the wrong context could sound really, uh, goofy, but yeah, in, hokey. In, in the context of the game, I was just kind of like, you know what? Yeah. 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 There's like a point. Yeah. I guess now that I think about it, it, there is like almost every one of the the vendors you meet Mm. is someone who did not want to end up vending. I mean, very few Mm. people want to end up as a vendor, but it's really like pointedly they're people who had some like art or passion. And now they're trying to like recover some feeling of like immersion in one's work uh, in this this new job they have, because also the uh, doesn't the pizza what does the pizza guy say? He says like he used I, to work at some like seems like well respected pizza pizza place. place. Yeah, yeah, he was like so he is still making pizza, mm-hmm. but now he's doing it in this train station rather. Yeah, than and that. he seemed the most <laughs> disingenuous of all the like. I guess I keep talking about or I have mentioned already the how I sort of feel like many of the like sort of lower class kind of represent like artists and how uh, there's like a, this interplay between like the wealthy wanting to consume art, but not wanting to uh, pay wages for artists. Yeah. Have it be a sustainable (laughs) existence for the people that make it. Um, Yeah. And the pizza guy seems the least like he is like really invested in the craftsmanship. He seems the most invested in like, just being better than other people. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess like, oh that restaurant I used to work at, I can make that uh-huh. stuff just as good. Boo, boo, boo. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, true. I, and it's also interesting that of the two people I found out afterwards, you can also steal the records, but I didn't, uh, oh, you can, I, I you can did. steal all the stuff that the vendors do, including yes. you can eat the pizza from the pizza guy or I actually don't know if you can eat the ramen. I tried and it didn't let me. And then you no, can eat the cookies. Okay. If you eat the cookies, She's just like thrilled that someone's eating your cookies. Oh, yeah. and but you if you eat the pizza, he gets mad at you. He's oh, yeah. like, "I have no. You ate all my pizza. I have nothing to say to you." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't eat all the pizza. I just ate like one I, I bite. And he's like, it. "He's like, you're lucky. I'm in a good mood, pal," or something. Yeah. But the yeah. more you eat it, he's like, he gets more incredulous, which is fair because I ate like four pizzas. He's like, <laughs> four he's, pizzas. He's like, "You, you ate all my pizzas. I can't believe." You better pay. Ah, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. But um, I, I kind of want to talk about the character Marcus. We alluded to him recently. He's sort of the benevolent uh, ruler yeah, of this. Yeah, uh, ruler, this CEO, mob boss, not clear. Some The head honcho, not, yeah. not clear what the exact... Yeah. But oh, we also didn't mention his. We didn't mention anything about his goons. Ever, he has like these oh, yeah. security Horror guards hat, everywhere. There are like these like, like really pale white dudes with some of them wearing sunglasses that are just standing around with their arms crossed everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they remind. I feel like they they remind me of characters in something. Hmm. Like 
in a different video game, but I can't think of what oh, it would sure. be. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm not certain. But, mm. yeah, so this Marcus character, when you – by the time you've met him, most likely you've probably heard a lot about him because he just kind of like the position that he's in is kind of like logically not really the first place you would go. Uh, and he sort of talks about how <gasps> – everything in the train station is curated by him he's like this tastemaker yeah. and he knows what people want and what will sell and so he he's like oh i'll support the the artisans or the people that are here because i know exactly what people want and i'll i'll give the people what they want and that's why this train station is so popping and why it's like so expensive to ride the trains because uh, mm. i've i've like finally curated this collection of and it, I don't know, again, it feels to me like he's sort of like a, a record executive or something, right? Who's like got this very yeah. high-minded idea of like his own taste and how uh, how influential it is. And like all these poor artisans and craftsmen are, are slumming it and just trying to make it by. But he's like, oh, like all people come for the finest things and I provide the finest things. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't pay for the finest things. The, proper, the appropriate. You don't pay a living wage. No, he doesn't. Um, or maybe he does. Well, no, it's a. I think it's implied he doesn't pay them. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I um, think the only like explicit thing about like about like labor relations that mm-hmm. in this world that came up was did you did you read the the whole conversation that the two the two dudes were having about the piano player who yeah, wasn't playing? That's, that's what I was just gonna mention. Yeah, there's a piano. One of the first people. This is the first one I saw. Mm-hmm. There's a piano player uh, who's one giant? of the giants. It's a giant um, who is just sitting in front of a piano with like his feet on the piano yeah, and just like keys. not playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, these two non giants, they're kind of like dressed in like like they're bouncers or something. They've got like the black mm-hmm. t-shirt, black pants, and they're like they're like we need to get him to to play. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to figure out how to do it. And he's like, "Is this a is this a stunt from the union?" Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, that was one so, of the so first. So I, I guess the uh, the giants are unionized, so that's good. Yeah, for them. that's good. That's good. They, <laughs> it's glad that you know they're they they're doing better than the games industry right now. Hey, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean that was kind of the first hint I got, or the first thing that gave me the inkling that there's this sort of like weird commodification of art theme running through the game of like Marcus is he it has to be live music they're like oh we can play a recording they're like oh no Marcus insists that it's live music we need to get him to play it needs to be live um and mm. and then the other thing was like you so you mentioned the the lady who sells um records um her saying that like artists were selling their record collections to get by and that most of the people that were buying them were people who didn't even have a record player to listen to them to. They just liked having a new thing and something that was expensive. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember so that. yeah, mm-hmm. just again, that sort of theme of like commodification of, uh, arts, you know, just, just really yeah, that, coming through. That's an interesting case. Cause it's like they're, they want to buy it for the simple fact of it being a commodity less for yes. less than for its to consume you know, intrinsic value as mm-hmm. you know music or art they mm. it's it's extrinsic value it's value as something that can be purchased and traded mm-hmm. uh, that's what like makes it special for them that, yeah that is interesting yeah uh, we haven't talked about the uh, the guy who sells sheet music at all what's your what's your read on sheet music guy oh um i, I didn't really ha- i don't know he's so you walk up and he's like talking to this other Mm-hmm. dude who's buying sheet music yeah i, and I didn't like, is there something else you can do uh you can like talk you can talk to him as well um Dude, and he'll I like not, i don't remember if i talked to him or not but he's sort of talking to this guy who he seems to be familiar with and the guy's like buying some sheet music and um like talking about playing it anyway i i guess i don't really have anything specific to say about the sheet music guy i was curious if you did um because uh, I don't know because I didn't have anything super specific. So I guess maybe if you were to do no, I didn't have anything super specific to say about him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just. I mean, that one's interesting because he's not he's selling something that lets you make music mm. or something, and mm-hmm. but I don't know that, that yeah 
There might be something there. I mean, it's just another case of like everyone there is either a vendor of a musical object or is a performer who is vending non-musical objects because they can't work as a sure, musician. Sure, yeah. Um, um, I just had a, I just had a thought. Oh, the music over by the the guy who sells the the re- or the sheet music was my favorite music in the game. It's uh. Oh, uh, I don't remember which one was that. Here, hum it for me real quick. Can you? Uh, uh no, it's it's <laughs> got uh, like some nice like strings in the background, and then it sounds like a clarinet to me. Someone just kind of riffing on a clarinet. The song uh, is called "Level Design Dash Sheet Music" on the uh, Off Peak OST, which oh, you can find on Archipelago's uh, uh, Bandcamp by music and, and on Spotify if you want to stream like a like a savage. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I yeah, I really like a corporate goon. Yeah, uh, I, just, I I I did feel like the music. Oh, did you have a final thought about that? No, go ahead. Uh, I did. I loved how well the music like gave a sense of place whenever you walked into a new area. Like, like I guess mood setting would be a way to put that. But yes, like the it did a really good job. I I first like became conscious of that mm-hmm. um, when you walk up to Marcus and the music changes into this like. Mm-hmm. It, I, I want to, you know, my non-musical expertise says I want to say minor key, mm-hmm. maybe. And uh, it just, like, it gets much more, like, intense. Yeah, and the music of discordant. Fe- it's kind of like a, a little discordant. It's really, uh, like, but, rhythmic and kind of, like, aggressive, if I remember correctly. Yeah, ag- uh, it sounded a little bit aggressive. Because it wasn't just, like, 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 just dissonant. It also had, like, an energy to it that yeah. I, I felt really fit. Mm-hmm. Marcus's personality or you know the little mm-hmm. snippet of it you get mm-hmm. um, where and also when you go in that weird staircase with the creepy posters mm-hmm. yeah, yeah the yeah. music also works really well in there for me because it made me uncomfortable and yeah <laughs> I, I, felt like- I also think that they do um, they like bleed music into one another i think a lot of, especially mm. in like smaller games like one of the things that doesn't really get polished is you'll just kind of like pop in and the music will just like change but um the music is very like they're all everything's just looping but it's uh very yeah. like regionally like localized so like while you're over standing it's like one big giant room but while you're over standing by the records the music fades in that's a different song and then there's the song that's just kind of like the general uh, when you're just sort of walking around, you're not really near anything. But then as you get to like over to the ramen, then a song plays and like that little like mushroom garden, there's a different song that plays. Um, and it does a really good job of just kind of like bleeding those into to each other at like the right moments. So, you know, that as you're walking up to this, it's like, OK, here's a new like thing and here's a new personality and that I'm that I'm yeah. going to get from this uh, from this sort of area of the of the station. Yeah, um, yeah, each area does have like a personality to it. Um, what did you make of the? Just continuing with that, I, I'm not now. As we talk about each space, I'm like I've got like my mental map open and I'm like moving through them in yeah. like the order that I played it. So sure. at the top of that creepy staircase, what'd you mm-hmm. make of the woman you talked to there? Uh, um, she's like waiting for someone she's waiting for someone and then that's the someone you run into at the end of the game yeah yeah the woman with the red hair and the orange dress yeah that was that was something there was like that was the conclusion of the game i wasn't really sure what to make of it because there's enough you, going you like on join the game. circus or something yeah they say like welcome to the circus at the end which i yeah i guess maybe the whole the whole thing of the game is is you're the reason that you're kind of like looked down upon is because you're known to be a creative person so you're like walking around sort of sympathizing with these creative people uh in their pursuits and uh the sort of more corporate people like the lady who sells tickets who like very openly (laughs) does not like you uh maybe you sort of fit into the mold of like the vendors and the other people who seem to be sort of like looked down upon or uh, sort of be the the lower class so so maybe the the ending mm. so basically at the conclusion of the game uh for those that haven't played it uh you you finally find all the shreds of the ticket and you go to get on the train and then uh i forget exactly what happens but people are like well you Mar- don't- marcus is like hey wait a minute you didn't pay for that ticket yeah i, I and also you stole from my vendors so uh, yes. you're gonna have to pay uh, pay that off. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Ivan needs help at the ramen stand. That's yeah. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna and work. Then this, now. then this woman's like, stop. 
and she appears off the left side of the screen and it's like I've actually forget what she says after that but yeah I don't remember either, it ends with her being like come with me and then the scene cuts and you're on a boat with her and the uh the cr- oh we haven't even talked about the creepy ladies yeah I know we're getting a lot of order I was going for the to talk about the creepy ladies but then we got uh sidetracked by the woman with the dress the woman in orange yeah the woman in orange okay so when you go to the uh, up the creepy stairs and talk to the woman who's waiting for the woman in the orange dress mm-hmm. when you turn around and leave and to go down the stairs there's these creepy women and well, like but you've already encountered the creepy woman you forgot the when first do you time. encounter them the first time they're v- the very first thing you see when you walk down the steps onto the into like the train station they're sitting there on a bench you can't interact with them at all but they just kind of like watch you one of them's like laying on the other's lap reading a book oh that's what the the like thumbnail is yeah 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 the the, sort of, oh i like, didn't i didn't think bench. i ever actually walked to them in game yeah okay. i i walked up to them because i recognized them from the like the screenshot and yeah you know, they sort of look at you and they have like weirdly long necks they do have uh, weirdly long necks and but when have, you like, see them case anyway when you see them in the in the staircase when you're going back it actually like maybe jump a little bit because oh, yeah one of them's just standing there looking at you creepily, and mm-hmm. the other two are like poking their heads around the corner in a oh, yeah. kind of impossible configuration, uh-huh. and it <laughs> freaks me out. Yeah. So, oh god, what's happening? And they're like, presenting "Am I playing a horror game now?" With like a with like a bull skull, and yeah. Then you touch like it, and then it like flashes, and you're, yeah, and you're like teleported to the mushroom garden. Yeah. Do you have anything I, to make of that? Fast travel, man. <laughs> <laughs> this game's got fast travel. You heard it here. You know, all modern games need it. You know, it's just one of those conveniences. Quality. Yeah, of you life have to walk back. Right. I went back up those staircases at one point, and they were not there again. I had to walk all the way back down. It took way longer. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, in seriousness, though, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they are not aligned with Marcus. Mm-hmm. The like the the circus and Marcus are not. You know the same team or something and they they are like kind of passively watching and i don't know looking out for the people here maybe i don't know maybe that's what it is maybe they're kind of like watchers that are you know just keeping an eye on on the on the on the good the good hardworking artsy folks <laughs> the good artsy people yeah because they do they teleport you to the garden where uh, Yvonne sleeps supposedly that was also uh, kind yes. of like like weirdly like plucked the heartstrings for me just to like yeah Yvonne's so obsessed with with like trying to make mm-hmm. art out of whatever trade he does that he like works all day and then just sleeps in the train station yeah yeah that was but i and i also get the impression that maybe he can't afford to like go home so he's telling you like well yeah exactly he like he want he wants so badly for the truth of his situation to be Mm. like something different like passion but it's you know it's Mm. in reality it's something else a little bit more you know poverty (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, cool. Um, did you have any other, like, big things? I have a few other, like, little, little things I wanted to. Um, I did have some little ones. Oh, did I think the, so this kind of goes back to your, your thought that what we're in is a, you felt like you're in someone's, like, brain or they're Mm -hmm. unconscious or something like that. Uh, the, I mean, a lot of the stuff is references to, like, real world stuff. The games, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're all real games yeah. i know for a fact two of them are uh yeah, the card sure game the Katana giants are playing there. in the bar is netrunner which i've played it's actually really fun oh. um it's like a trading card game that's loosely related netrunner. to uh magic the gathering um mm-hmm. but it's uh it's like cyberpunk themed mm-hmm. and it's like one which actually it's kind of like on theme because it's a game where one hacker plays against you know like the the typical cyberpunk like corporate mega corporation that, sure. that like controls the whole world mm-hmm. um which i guess is a little bit on theme for the this game mm-hmm. as a whole um and then another one of the board games credit to someone in the youtube comments said is mage knight i've never heard of this mm-hmm. game but so i from that i assume that they're all 
real games because there's also the game board on the ground. It looked like Settlers of Catan, yeah, but I thought it was Catan. It wasn't, wasn't quite sure. Settlers of Catan mm, because there was like Catan. So I don't know. Did you say you've never played Settlers? Yeah, no, I've, I've never played it, dude. Dude. I don't know. What how, to did, how did you grow up in Utah without ever playing Settlers of Catan? Because my family's not Mormon. <laughs> Catan's yeah, a Mormon fair. thing. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely got the impression they were all real games, and and also something else that's like a real world connection uh, is all those posters that say CYRK. I assumed that they were just some artist, but according to the internet, uh, they're like uh, contemporary Polish circus posters. From like the '60s, so oh, that kind what? of ties into the whole whole circus theme. Yeah, oh, it was just like cool. a. Um, I don't know if Cirque was like the name of the circus, but um. Yeah, oh, I bet Cirque just means circus. Yeah, uh, it says contemporary Polish circus posters emerged in 1962 as a genre of Polish circ- school of posters. They are characterized by their display of aesthetic qualities such as painterly gestures, linear, uh, linear design, hand lettering, metaphors, humor, and vibrant colors. Um, huh. So, yeah, at first, I, my first read is that they're just cool art and we're sort of inside this uh, artist's or this creator's mind and they like this, the look of this artist or something. But it uh, turns out they're actually, they were actually like a, a poster for uh, the circus, which pretty cool um that also ties into the whole circus in the game huh that's interesting yeah now now i'm i suspect that everything in the game has some significance some significance i mean what's the whale what's the whale what's the whale i don't know what's the fucking whale jordan i remember looking at the what's in the whale what's in the whale no there's nothing in the whale but what does the whale mean um, well, okay, so this is going to sound a little bit like a bullshit reading, but here's mm-hmm. what I'm going for. It seems like a theme of this game mm-hmm. is, like, you're in a place where movement should be happening, but mm-hmm. isn't happening, right? It's mm-hmm. a train station where nobody's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, all these people have been, you know, that one woman's waiting for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has some, like, life goal that's had to get sidelined. Mm-hmm. A whale is supposed to be in the water, mm-hmm. and it's m- moving through the water, and so there's something like mm-hmm. fundamentally eerie about the image mm-hmm. of a whale stuffed, floating in the air, not moving. Mm-hmm. So it's like just tying together that sure. theme of like things that should be moving, not moving. Yeah, I don't think that's totally bullshit. Yeah, actually, I as I got like halfway that. through that, I was like, oh, this oh, actually, no, I, mean, I, I actually buy my way this. Through this. I buy my reading now. I've oh, sold this. myself on this. Good, good go me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I, I definitely see see some of that. It's, I think, kind of everything in this game sort of wants to give you this feeling of uh, being somewhere where you shouldn't really be, but you can't really get out and i don't know there yeah. uh the game had a i was surprised at how like i i wrote that it felt like sort of oddly expansive because it's really like not that huge of a space but the way it sort of like opens up and it's bigger than a real life train station would be and there's just like enough going on like well, the ceiling is like a station. is like a galaxy uh i don't know like there's the just something grand central i don't know is it i don't know i've never been there <laughs> it seems very large it is very Grand Central is huge, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's supposed to be like. I mean, the way the you you walk high? into this like big, like mm. cathedrally space, like really yeah. reminded me just of the main area in Grand Central, though. So hmm. okay, yeah. Um, well, what are their things? Oh, the the guy who's like out by the trains just dancing. Oh with yeah, his dancing with his little tiny briefcase. Yeah, and I really like that. Was another favorite song was that one that's playing out there. That that dude is just grooving too. Um, yeah. So I guess that nothing really to say about it. Other so there, than so I there like isn't it. anything you didn't find any way to talk to that guy. I really want to talk to him or dance I don't think along. So. Yeah, and you there's didn't also find any way to dance with him. Uh-uh, so I there's, just ran around him a few times. Yeah, there's also a part at the beginning of the game where uh, it says like sometimes people will seem like they're done talking to you, but they won't be. Uh, 
I don't really feel like that ever came into play, so I'm not sure. I, I sort of got the feeling that there's probably something you can do to get the giant to that's on the piano to like talk to you or start playing or something. Oh. I don't know. It's totally speculation, but um. okay. So I have two theories for that. Mm-hmm. The first is just that, uh, some, sometimes I did notice that if you talk to someone, they like, maybe it's just saying like, sometimes it seems like, uh, they're sure. done, but if you mm, click if again, you there's more again. Yeah, like maybe. sometimes the conversation would like come to a close Yeah, and I would have to like, and there'd be a new conversation. I have to like leave and come back to make the new one happen. Mm-hmm. And then maybe also it was just making sure you knew that, uh, if you did certain things, conversations would change. Like I, I went back to Luke before I got on the mm. train and there was some other stuff that he said. Uh, I so figured there was, like that. I thought about doing it, but ha ha gotcha. Yeah. Uh, he just says uh, he's happy that you found the ticket, mm. and he's like, say hello to your Aunt Carol mm. when you get there. I dated her for a while, what? but then again, she dated everyone in that town or something what like the that. Fuck? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize we have like a connection, Luke. I thought you were just the guy yeah. who gives me train tickets. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, we yeah, didn't even didn't mention... Know. We didn't even mention the people out in front of the train station that are, oh, like, talking yeah, about f- a rebellion or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, or the one person that's talking about the be- rebellion and the two people that are just, like, copying everything she says. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, also- um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so the that actually, that scene was kind of interesting to me because they were all, like, speaking in platitudes, like, mm-hmm. step up, we have to fight the status quo, we can make yeah. a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, all, like, all like um, you know, anti-establishment platitudes. And uh-huh. I was like, but it didn't feel like they were being mocked. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. the people repeating her were supposed to be a little silly, but mm-hmm. it didn't feel like, I don't know, That's the, this game had a, an interesting tone in a lot of places where, mm-hmm. like, People were saying things that seemed like they should be silly, but yeah. somehow they were sincere and it didn't seem like ridiculous or pathetic that they yeah, were being yeah. sincere. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. And that that was the first moment when I when I thought that because it's like okay. it's like they're just saying these cliches, um, and there's like these the guards are standing right behind them, yeah, and so yeah. you you don't know how much of a chance they're proposed rebellions gonna have but it it did still feel like like you identify with them and they're mm-hmm. you're like yeah go yeah. go do i don't that know who thing. this marcus guy is but fuck him fuck him man that guy <laughs> sucks um cool well oh and then there's another thing skulls people with skulls because one of those pe- uh, people is holding like a golden skull behind their back and then there's another point oh. i forget where it is but there's people there's two people that are like making out and like the girl has her oh, arms yeah, that's around in the, the guy's that's back. in the dark uh staircase oh is it yeah and the, there's like the the woman has a skull in her hand in I her hands yeah I don't, what's with the gold skulls i don't get it like human skull yeah oh that's weird yeah because there's there are the the buffalo skull we already mentioned the mm, one and then yeah, also in the like, in the actual train area they're like hanging on the wall yep yep no, these are like golden human skulls. Oh, I never noticed that. I don't mm. know. Spooky. They're Weird. a mystery. Maybe mm. it gets answered in the uh, Norwood suite. Yeah, maybe. I'm curious to play that. Well, I'm sure when you and I inevitably play the that, we'll probably do an episode yeah. on it. Or them? I don't know. Is it like sweet? Makes me think. No, no. Sweet like you're in a hotel this time. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and apparently this one is even more explicitly about like music uh, and Oh. Music huh. creators. So Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh in the meantime, uh would you like to tell the people what game we're gonna play next week, or did you forget the name? Uh no, I didn't forget it. You're <laughs> just, as- just assuming I forget it all the time. Almost no, no, always no, no, it's no. like, yeah, we played um, you know, no, we're play, I only uh, done that like do- only it's just like that I've done it a lot lately. <laughs> I've done it a lot lately. Uh, it's always anyway. like oh i start typing no we're playing another robert yang game this time Woo. uh this one's called dream hard uh it's described as a short two-player co-op queer themed beat-em-up game in it you must defend the local nyc queer performance space the dream house from hordes of fascists uh and it's got like a retro uh 3d graphics style 
Um, which is something that we, in an earlier episode, maybe Pear Topic? I yeah, feel like we said... Topic. yeah. It, I think it was Pear Topic. We said we wanted more people to, like, use retro graphics as an aesthetic rather than as a, like, just result of yeah, the machine. Yeah, specifically that, retro 3D. Like retro 3D, PS1, yeah. Nintendo 64 era polygonal and uh, this, art. And this delivers, so... Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, play uh, Dream Hard. Yeah, it's, is it's a, five bucks on, uh, on Itch, or... If you buy it in the next, uh, by the time this episode comes out, in the next probably like week or so, uh, there's a the Dream Box with three X's bundle on itch, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is custom made LGBTQ arcade games. It's I, I think this is sort of like it was like curated by uh, Robert Yang, and it's sort of a collection of uh, Dream Hard and like five or six other games that he uh, showed off. At the Dreamhouse, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the Dreamhouse yeah. is a real place. And he like built a little custom arcade cabinet and had the games available for play there. Um, so yeah, yeah. If you wanna, and the like, money, I should say, the money will go to uh, social justice nonprofits of each artist's choice. Because there's, I guess, like each one who contributed a game has a. They picked one that their their split will go to. Mm-hmm. So it's for a good cause. It's not that expensive. It's only eight bucks for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. Do we're, it. It's we're like, going to. It's like it's like ten games. So uh, it's eight games actually. I just checked. eight games. Eight bucks, eight dollar games. per game. This is a great value. You're not going to be great that. value. Yeah. Sure. Uh, in the meantime, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at EdgeGuardCast. Engage with us. Tweet at us. Be our friend. Uh, yeah. Tweet at developers. Be their friend. Uh, yeah, just be people's recommend a game on Twitter. Yeah. Tell us a game you want us to play. Yell us about our wrong opinions. Or maybe don't do that. Yell us about <laughs> our right opinions. Say, maybe say nicely about our, constructively, our wrong opinions. Speak measuredly about our speak measuredly. problematic opinions. <laughs> how's, how's that? Yeah, uh, that, that's, that works for me. But it, until then, uh, we, we bid you farewell. Mm-hmm.